spirit. But I want to talk about initially, the first thing is the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. Have you received the promise of the Father? What is the promise of the Father? It's very important. I am glad that I have received the promise of the Father. It's, there are many promises in the Scriptures. God, over 2,000 promises in the Scriptures. But there is one promise that Jesus told us is called the promise of the Father. Very important. And then you see God repeating himself over and over again. That's to let you know that this is very important for the Christian living. For Christian living. For the Christian life is so important. A lot of people have missed it. We need to have the promise of the Father. And don't make any excuse against the promise of the Father. I don't care who taught you before. Let's have a clean slate before the Father and listen. And let's humble ourselves before Him and say, God, I don't understand everything. But I don't understand this. But I'm willing to go all the way with God. Many times you argue because people are not willing to go all the way with God. But life is so short. I want all that God has for me in this present life. And if I do it right, He'll bless me. But the thing that I've come to really love about the God that we serve is this. That if you allow Him to bless you and to walk in your life, He doesn't forget you even after you're gone. He takes over with your kids and their kids even to the 10th generation. And you can see that in the scriptures. He started with Abraham. He was the God of Abraham. And then he was the God of Isaac. And then he was the God of Jacob. And then oh, he was the God of uh, Joseph, David. All of those people. God doesn't quit. He stays with that family. You are a part of his family. And he's jealous for his family. He wants to take care of his family. The best thing is to go all the way. He's a lie when they're telling you, just be comfortable, just stay here. No, I want to go into the deep. Because the Bible says, deep calls out to deep. And I've got to get there. You can never be satisfied with knowing God. He's constant. And God has more to show to us. If you're satisfied, he'll leave you alone. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. The day you cease to be hungry for righteousness, that means knowing more about God, God leaves you alone. You're not going to be filled. So there is what is called the promise of the Father. And I want to know, have you received the promise of the Father? In Acts chapter 1 verse 4, Jesus was speaking after he rose from the dead. And he had been talking to these disciples for about 40 days. And this, it was getting close for him to go back to his father and to sit at his father's right hand. So he was telling them about this and he began that. You can read from John chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16 and 17. Jesus was talking about this same thing. The helper he called him there's the promise of the Father. And here, before he was taken back to heaven, he started reminding them again. He went back to the same discussion he had with them before he went to the cross. Because it was important. And he says in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 
4, it says, And being assembled together with them, that's those, the disciples, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. And then he talked to them about the fact that they heard him talk about this before, and John the Baptist also talked about it. Many of the disciples listened to John, and they heard John talk about, he said, I baptize with water. There's one coming after me that's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So you see that in Acts chapter 1 verse 4. And then you go to Acts chapter 24, I mean Luke chapter 24 verse 49. Luke is telling us about Jesus speaking these words. Now he says, Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. So there is a thing in scripture that is called the promise of the Father. So we're saying that that's two. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. In other words, there is power attached to this, what is called, the promise of the Father. You don't have the power to live a Christian life. That's why we're all sinners. But it's the Holy Spirit that what Jesus referred to here as the promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit that will make you holy. No man can be holy without the Holy Spirit. We don't have it. A man who is holy, already holy, he's not the one who needs the Holy Spirit. You're already holy. It's the one that says, I don't have what it takes And I'm a sinner. God's the one who needs the promise of the Father to make them holy. It's not a thing to say, well, I received the Holy Spirit, so I must be very righteous. No, you were really bad, so you needed the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. Amen. It's not something to brag about by your own power. You can't be holy, so you needed help. And we need help. This Holy Spirit is called the Helper. Jesus referred to him as the helper. You need a helper. And we need him today. He's called the promise of the Father. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus talked about the power that we receive from it. And you shall receive power. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit, so you see the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, is tied with power. When Jesus talks about power, being part of the Holy Spirit, that means if you don't receive the Holy Spirit, you are powerless as far as Christianity is concerned. Because Jesus cannot lie. Let God be true and every man a liar. You can have your opinion, but if your opinion contradicts God's word, your opinion is no good. And God's not going to confirm your opinion either. We have to stay with the word of God. Amen? You shall receive power. When? Only after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I don't want to be a powerless Christian. Amen. If if, if you are not excited, I am excited. Amen. I don't want to be a powerless Christian. Jesus cannot lie. You receive power only after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you can't say, well, how do I know if the Holy Spirit has come upon me? Amen. When God does these things, it's always clear. You know it. You know it. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. So it tells us what we're supposed to do. 
This is a legitimate question for every person who names the name of Jesus. You know what that question is? It says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? This is a legitimate question for everyone who is in church. You know why I know that? Because Paul asks some believers this same question. And if Paul meets you today, he'll ask the same question. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Let me read the scripture here. Acts 19. We are told that every chapter in the book of Acts represents one year. So it was 19 years after the day of Pentecost that Paul was asking this question. 19 years later was still very important to the church. Look at what it says. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Question, were they Christians? The Bible says they were disciples, right? Followers of Christ. Finding certain disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? If you think about that question carefully, it means you can believe and still not have received the Holy Spirit. If it's automatic that once you believe, you already have the Holy Spirit, then this question is silly. You should never ask a question like this. So it is possible for you to be a Christian, going to heaven, and still not have been endued with power from an eye. Because Paul met these disciples, there were about 12 of them. And something in his spirit said, something is missing. I know you are believers, something is wrong here. He got it from his own spirit. Being the apostle, they never said a word, but he knew from his heart, oh, these are Christians, but something is missing. So he, he identified it, I believe, by the word of knowledge, and he told them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And their response was, we didn't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. What's Holy Spirit? And he said, how will you baptize them? Because if you were baptized, the way Jesus recommended for people to be baptized, you would have been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And this guy said, we haven't heard if there is anything called Holy Spirit. He, well, how were you baptized? And they said, well, John's baptism, we heard about that. They were proselytes. And they, so he, they were baptized under John's ministry. But John introduced them to Jesus and they transferred to Jesus and never heard more. And Paul says, hey, listen, this is the way Paul, uh, John did it. But now, this is the way we do it. He baptized them in water, and he prayed over them again, and they received the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. If you read that scripture, it says, So then they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. They never heard it. But as soon as they heard the message, they received. Now, Receiving the Holy Spirit. Notice the word that is used. Did you receive, right? You'll see that in John chapter 7, verse 37 verse, uh, through 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. 
He who believes in me, how many believers do we have here? He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning what? The Spirit. He was speaking concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him will receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. In other words, Jesus had not gone back to heaven. So, but at the time he was speaking, he was saying, if you are a believer, you will receive the Holy Spirit. So the question is not whether God will give you the Holy Spirit. The question is whether you have received it. We make it so difficult for people to receive. <laughs> if you come to me and I say, hey, dear brother, come on brother. Dear brother, I love you so much. I bought a Bible for you. <laughs> I need you to read it. Now, I give it to you. And then you go drop on your knees and say, Please, brother, good luck. Can you please give me that Bible? I say, What's the matter with him? Take! But he's still on the floor saying, I pray, brother, give me, give me that Bible. I bought it for you. Take! Amen. Thanks, brother. <laughs> The question is how to receive. No word is saying if God's giving you. The question is, have you re- did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? You make it too difficult. You've made it bigger than what it is, the way God intended it. And Satan is lied to you to separate you and deceive you so you will not get to the fullness of Christ in this world. We need to receive that gift from the Father. Now, on the day of Pentecost, after the disciples received the Holy Spirit, he said the Holy Spirit appeared to them, what? As cloven tongues of fire and separated and sat on every one of them. They started speaking in tongues. And Peter, they, some of them said, well, these guys are drunk. Peter said, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Jews don't drink and get drunk at 9 o'clock. We're not drunk. This is different. This is what the Father promised. And after he preached to them, they said, we know we killed Jesus, and we've been hearing rumors he's back alive, and now we hear you guys speaking in tongues. We're sure he's really alive. We're in real trouble. We killed the Son of God. So what can we do? They said, men and brethren, what can we do? Tell us. And he said, repent. Turn back. You can read that in verse 38, Acts chapter 2. Verse 38, he said, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And guess what follows after that? And you shall receive what? Not God's going to give you. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice what the word, next verse says, 39. For the promise. For the promise. We go back to the promise. So there is this thing called the promise, which is the Holy Spirit, and you cannot ignore it as a Christian. You just cannot. You have to let God fill you with his spirit according to his word. He wants to fill you and he wants to fill you today. 
The blessing of Abraham, we've heard about Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. The blessing of Abraham is really tied to this promise. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That's what the Bible tells us. Verse 14 says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ. So the blessing of Abraham only comes to us because Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ. It didn't stop there. That we might what? Again receive what? The promise. The promise. There is what is called the promise. Some You can be a Christian for 40 years until God introduced you to this. Just like Philip introduced the Ethiopian eunuch to the word of God. You will be ignorant and be missing out on what God has provided for you. We all ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I hear a lot of arguments, Christians say, am I not a Christian because I don't do this? That's not the question here. Jesus paid an awesome price for it. You know about it. You can't ignore it. That's, that's rebellion. You got to be open so that God will bless you. And if you, don't, if you are not open, you know what I know? God has revealed that to me. The problem is there is fear in your life. There's fear. Otherwise, you will seek to have this. It's fear. You are afraid maybe Satan will slip one on me. Why are you thinking about it? Because something in your heart is not right. But if your heart is right, you want what Jesus wants for you. And you cry after God. Why can't I? But if you ignore it, something is not right. You read the scriptures. He's not coming for me. That's what Jesus himself is saying to us. These are the words that the Father gave him to speak to us. And we need to pay heed to it so that we are blessed. So the blessing of Abraham is also tied to the promise of the Father. You can ignore the promise of the Father and expect to get the blessing of Abraham. And you don't have to be holy. You just come as you are. I've been in meetings, I pray, I preach to them, and these guys, they are pagans. They come in and they hear me preach the word of God, and they receive Christ for the first time. And they are grateful. Usually, after I've ministered to them, I tell them, because the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and I don't want them to go home, so I, I tell them to turn around, tell your fellow friend. And then, they, you know, in my culture, we are very respectful. You see them shaking their hands and saying, yes, I have accepted Jesus. And they go around, and you can see the big smile in their face, and they are so happy. Yes, I'm a child of God. Jesus is my Lord. They talk, and they shake hands, and they're real happy. And then when they're through, I say, it's not over. Uh, this happiness is good, but something more. They look at me, something more? Really? And then I introduce them to the Holy Spirit. And, then, and it's, it's just a few words. And you can see them. So, wow, that's good. Nobody's told, told, told them that they cannot receive. Nobody's told them that they have to do something. I say, this is a gift you can, God's going to give to you. They say, yeah. And many of them, as they listen to me, they are so intense. And just like, uh, uh, Bragulok, why don't you quit talking? We're ready. <laughs> We're ready. And some of them have walked, they're doing this. And I, they, they, if I move, their eyes follow me everywhere I go. 
And once it comes to receiving, they receive and they, they know they have their God inside of them. Amen? To carry Jesus everywhere you go. In your spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 20, he says, at that day, in that day you know that I am in the Father. And the Father is in me. You are in me. And we are one. You know it there. The day has come, amen? That's today. So we can receive the promise of the Father. Ask God for the promise of the Father. I'm going to go through this quickly. And then another time I'm going to talk about the, prom- the benefit of praying in tongues. Let me just introduce this to you. A lot of Christians or some Christians fight this thing when they hear somebody, we don't need that tongues business. It went away when the last apostle died. Really? Where did you get that from? Where did you read that from? So they had it, even though they saw Jesus, and I see nothing, nothing miraculous. When I speak in tongues, I immediately step out of the natural into the supernatural. Right? Speaking in tongues is supernatural. I don't know what the words are, but God understands them. It's a supernatural language that God's giving to us. And you can read in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. He says, no man understands what you're saying. We are speaking to God and not to man. So no one understands. But however, in the spirit, you speak mysteries. So I, I can't be just an ordinary Christian. I want to jump in that water. Like Peter did. <laughs> can I come? Can I walk on water also? The, less, the rest of the fearful guys are saying, Peter, you lost your mind. You want to walk on water? Would you think you are a son of God as well? But he walked on water. Amen. He walked on water. You have to have the spirit. But you cannot have until you want. You see, God will not go against your will. We all know that. He will not. You have to ask for it. Let me read this scripture for you. Luke chapter 11, beginning from verse 9. He says, so I say to you, I like the word when Jesus said, I say to you, that means his throne is behind this. If it doesn't work, he's no longer God. So I say to you, ask. And it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. I like this verse 10. This was so encouraging. For everyone who asks, can you all say that with me? For everyone who asks, receives. For every pastor who asks, no, those are the ones that receive. For every holy man who asks, no, everyone. That means you. Don't, how do you define everyone? It's everyone. It's just everyone. For everyone who asks, oh, that gave me so much comfort. I don't have to analyze whether I am right in, in my heart is right before God. God didn't say, for everyone who's, who knows his heart is right before me, receive. No, I don't have to bother with that. All I have to do is what? Is that so difficult to do? Listen. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. It will be 
opened. And he's talking about asking the Father. And he says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Now, the last one is what I like. Verse 13 is incredible. Look at what he says. If you then, being evil, you know he called us evil. Every one of us. I'm looking at you all. <laughs> okay. And I'm over this one. No, okay. Look at what he says. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the what? The Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. He's already told you everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives. And when you ask for the Holy Spirit, what would you get? The Holy Spirit, not the devil. You don't give your children snake when they ask for egg, God said. So don't expect the devil. What you ask is what you're going to get. Don't make it too difficult. Ask and you receive. For everyone that asks, receives. Whether you were born again today or I've been a saint for 40 years. Who cares? Just ask. Just ask. Just ask. Everyone who asks receives. Don't make it too difficult. I heard this guy saying, Well, brother, I received the Holy Spirit. I was in the shower singing glory to God. And the Holy Spirit fell on me. And I'm thinking, maybe I should go sing in the shower. So the Holy Spirit will follow me. It's all flesh. You don't have to do that. Jesus didn't say sing in the shower, right? He just said, ask. As simple as that. Ask. Everyone who asks, receives. So you can receive today. Next week, by the grace of God, I want to share with you what God shared with me about the praying in, in tongues. That transformed my life. There is no way I could be doing what I'm doing today without this. I can sit back and look at the scripture and he just, he comes at me so strong. And then I go test it and God shows up. Makes me so happy. So I can go with confidence. Even though I haven't received any training from anybody. I can go with confidence and God says he watches over his word to perform it. You can receive. This morning, you can receive. A lot of people want to say, well, tongues not for everybody. Really? Jesus said, those who believe in me, these signs will follow them. Right? In my name, they shall cast out devil. They will speak with new tongues. And if they drink deadly poison, it won't hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. So, if everybody has their own gift... It's your gift, uh, drinking or poison, I'll bring poison to you. It's poison, he says. That's my gift. I drink poison and don't affect me. And they say, oh, I don't have that gift. I speak in tongues. And, oh, I lay hands on the sick. That's not, these signs follow those who believe. 
And if you are a believer, the sign will follow you. You don't follow the signs. The signs are part of your life. I'm going to talk about how you can receive. Ask. That's how you receive. If you, everyone who, the primary sign is speaking in tongues. That's why the Bible says when the Holy Spirit came to Jesus, how did he come? In form of a dove, right? But when the Holy Spirit came to the disciples, how? In what shape? Tongues. Why? And you see tongues, and then they spoke in tongues. So that's what follows that. You can read in Acts chapter 10, verse 44 through 46, the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. Acts 19, 1 through 7, they spoke in tongues. Paul in Acts chapter 9, he received the Holy Spirit, but nothing was said about tongues. But later Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than every one of you. So he spoke in tongues. But then he said in the church, I don't do that. I do it at home. That's the secret. I do it at home. Acts chapter 2. Because we're going to pray for those who want to receive this morning. Acts chapter 2 verse 3 and 4. He says, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's read that part again. And they were filled with the, the they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Who was doing the speaking? Who was doing the speaking? Read it again. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Who was doing the speaking? This is always a problem. <laughs> because you need to know who is doing the speaking. <laughs> who was doing the speaking? Many people said, the Spirit. <laughs> Have you seen a Spirit in a corner speaking by itself? <laughs> They, can, you, can we go this way? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues, and the Spirit gave, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Would that mean the same thing? They were doing the speaking. That's where most people miss it. They're thinking the Holy Spirit is going to speak for them. Now, he's the Spirit, and you're human. He doesn't have a natural tongue, you got one. You do the speaking, he'll give the offer. If you refuse to speak, he won't force you to speak. He's a gentleman. So most people, they ask to be filled with the Spirit, and they just stay there waiting for the Holy Spirit to move their tongue. He's not going to do that. That's your tongue. If you open your mouth and begin to speak by faith, it's like stepping out of the water. You hear others speaking, and you join. As you join, the Holy Spirit gives you your own language. Amen? Amen. That's as easy as that. You're making it too hard. If you believe, Jesus said, ask, you'll receive. Once you have asked, the scripture says, if you earthly fathers, if your son asks for bread, you don't give him a stone. Now let me put it this way. If your son is asking for bread about 11 o'clock in the morning, what does that tell you? He's hungry. You say to your son, son, you know, I have a lot of bread in the house. Uh, can you wait for another two weeks? 
and seek me real good so I know you really want bread. I'll call CPS for you then after that. You give them what at this time they're asking, right? Being evil. So we ask God, he says to believe that you receive and you receive. And then the next step, the next thing is step out of the boat. And step by faith and walk on water and begin to speak with other tongues. And let me tell you, if you open your mouth and begin to speak, because this is so holy, God will not permit you a first word that comes out of your mouth to come from you. It will be from the Spirit. Because He watches over His word. Once you step out of the boat, the water is solid for, to hold your weight. That's the way it is. When God showed me that, I got bold. And I told the brothers, you, once you hear me speaking in tongues, get out of the boat and join me. I can do what Brother Goodluck is doing. And then they take off and start speaking in tongues. And they get holy after that. Amen? We're going to do that this morning. Amen? Don't look at anyone. If you want to receive God's promise, God's going to give you this morning. Please submit to God. Okay? Not to me. Not because I've preached. Submit to him. You don't know why he created you. You might need this gift to take you where he's taking you to. But you may miss out on his will for your life because you were fearful and unwilling to go all the way with him. This morning is your morning. Amen? We're going to be praying. Everybody be seated. Let's, this is a very, a very good time to be very reverent before God. Because God's going to give us the word. Because we're going to be here praying for people. We want to take all, make sure we do everything else that we're doing. Our offerings, put that away. And then we can receive. But if you have never prayed in tongues to before, this is your day. If you prayed in tongues before, and you are, you are not able to do it again because maybe you did something and Satan told you the gift is gone, today you can renew that. You can start doing that. Next week, I'm going to be talking about the blessing of praying in tongues. I had to make myself do it. And it, changed, it transformed my life. Amen? Let's receive our offering. But I think before we do that, we want to be sure everyone here is made a commitment to Christ. Bow your heads with me. You see, the whole, Jesus said, the Spirit of God, the world cannot receive. Meaning until you are born again, you cannot receive this spirit. I believe this message that I'm speaking, that God was pressing on me to speak these words to you. And if you're here and you haven't received, the word was for you. And if you're here today and you haven't made a commitment to Christ, you need to do that. And then immediately come up to, be, to receive the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural gift from God. It's a seal of love. Today is Valentine's Day. Is God's seal of Valentine upon your life. You are loved forever. The promise of the Father. All eyes closed, all heads bowed. You're here this morning and you haven't made a commitment to Christ. Or you made a commitment to Christ previously, but you haven't followed through. But today you're saying, God, with the help of your Holy Spirit, I am willing to go all the way with Christ. At the count of three, put your hand up and then we'll pray. All of us will pray together. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. 
there is a connection card that we have. Please, uh, my wife talked to you about the connection card. Please put what your decision is this morning uh, before uh, for us so we can see that. Oh, pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into the world. Lord, I receive you today as the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for writing my name in your book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I believe you.